Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, you guys, this is the one that's going to be very painful for me. It is my team, and it was very much an up and down roller coaster this year. As we'll show in my uh, rankings throughout, throughout the year, there was just never really a great time for me, to be honest with you. We had highs of 1,100, and then we had lows of 4,500. So it's kind of just hung through the middle the whole way. Um, plenty of frustrating starters, which I'm just going to uh, listen to this one. This one pains me just to hear. Uh, but we're going to listen to it. We're going to go through it all. It's going to be lots of learning for all of you. It's going to be learning for me. And I hope you guys take a lot out of it. And if you do, please like this video, guys. This one will be big time help in, in preseason next year when setting up your team to try and avoid some of the mistakes that I made. And the head-to-head one I just, made, uh, just created really showed what building a really solid, great starter team was. And my team just a little bit off that. And one of the biggest factors was this great man here. So we'll start with that. Up there with, uh, going with Reed Mahoney or Reed Mane, however we say it. I just, the reason I wanted to go, I was tempted to go with Cook. I just feel like I needed a, a gun hooker. I just, it made the team balance a lot better. It was Reed or Cook for me. And just with what happened with at the you know, first game last year with Cook, if he gets 40 again, um, it would kill me. If Reed gets 40, it is what it is, right? So... No, it's not what it is. <laughs> oh, how did I get ruined two years in a row with hookers? Because that, that reminds me now. That's the reason I didn't go with Cook. That was it. I was just scared. I was scared of what happened the year before with Cook starting with a 40 um, and really having a bit of an up and down start to the season. And then this year he just came out and absolutely killed it the whole time. And Reed went that way that Cook did. It went way worse than, than Damo did. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's killed me now. But <sighs> and sorry to everyone else who followed. I'm sorry. That's why I didn't do it. There you go. If you remember now, that was why. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a mental block there for last year. 
But um, decided to go with Reed. I mean, obviously, only a tiny, uh, tiny bit more expensive. I just think he has some great upside. He obviously scored 100 first game last year, so there's a little bit of that in it as well. They're going to have a nice run to start. He should be doing a little bit of everything. He's kicking in general play as well. Um, so he can cover most you know, most of the bases. I think he's a little bit more consistent than Cook. Probably going to score a similar average across the year. Reed shouldn't be playing Origin. you got Ben Hunt in that nine jersey. So that's where I'm at with Reed on that one. Let me know your thoughts on him. None of that played out. <laughs> Zero. He was the most inconsistent player. Get 60, get 30, whatever it was. And Cook was like the, Cook was the most consistent player. Blah. Didn't play Origin. Fair. Hunt was the killer. Um, yeah, wow, that killed me. Ugh, all right, still burning me to this day. Okay, so let's scroll it down a tad. All right, let's just go through those prices, basically. So let's go the starter team. So Reedy, it was obviously him or Cook. They're basically a very similar price, right? Uh, that was that. My main issue with this, and I spoke about in the head-to-head one, was that I went a bunch more mid-range guys or higher-level guys that could potentially go into keepers. And that was my way of going, okay, I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to build my team value. I'm going to get every little bit out of each player um, and hoping the majority of them go right. And if they don't, I can trade them out. But I think just having too many of them guys uh, hurt me a little bit. Stefano didn't start how we thought he would. And the thing with him was a little bit of hit and hope, to be honest with you. If we're looking back at it now... He had a really good end of the last, end of the season before. Um, just came out and dominated, right? When other maybe other teams, the young fella, other teams are a bit more tired. He came out and did his thing. The next year, he obviously you know, did what he did in the preseason, come out and he didn't look the same. So we saw that early and we made that decision early to get rid of him. But that was a hit and hope one. You know, if he, if he came out and dominated, we could have traded him in straight away. You know what I mean? So I think it's a bit more of a, we don't need to take that ridiculous risk from round one with those guys. Just make sure you get good scorers in, and he was not one of those guys. We look at Arrow, and he was one of my other cheaper guys, 5-5-4. Five, five, he actually came out and did a great job. So he, you know, by the end of the year, gained about 60K in total, I think. He ended up 600, 617, right? But there were parts of that he got it's about to 650, and definitely did the did his job. He got 61 in that first game, which was 64, sorry, so which was great. That helped us out. Um, did a great thing for us. But again, just another mid-ranger guy. We were hitting and hoping, and it was like the whole, you know, the first however many rounds I kept him. Do we trade? Do we not? Do we? Is he doing well? He'd have a really good week, then an average week, really good week, average week. And that was that. So I decided to go for Aiken, so another mid-range guy that should be a keeper in his center position. And that was, you know, a good pickup. We had Kurt Mann in there as well with Dylan Brown. Um, in, the, in those sections to Alungi as well. On the interchange there, we had Randall, Bullywall. So the Bullywall one we spoke about already, Ilias, Schneider, Walters, I think was solid as well. The Rocco Berry one's an interesting one. Looking back now and, and heading in towards next year, I personally wouldn't start with an outside back from a poor team. The reason that I did know that last year, I'm just not going to do it from here on in. If I think about doing it in the preseason next year, get into me and tell me no. Um, my theory with him was that he was going to be a good player. He was showing some improvement the year before, again, at the back end of the year, and showed that he was a good defensively, and if Warriors could do okay, that he would come out and score pretty well. Warriors did not do okay, and he didn't get many opportunities to do his thing, which meant he was only getting at a max of 30 a game, and then the odd game he'd get a six, I think he got a seven one game when I played him. So that really hurt in that one there for sure. If we slide down a little bit, which we will have a second, I imagine. Okay, Jack Bird, Penasini. You can kind of see it right now. Just sweet. All right, so Bird and Penasini. Penasini won at 350. 
the theory was with him that he would he would be young gung and come and come out in a good team and do a good job. He didn't start terrifically well. There was a period there where he was potentially going to become a keeper. So I'm really I'm still happy with that selection from the start. There was a bunch of people looking to trade him in after that first month. So unfortunately for him, as I said previously, I had him on the bench in a bunch of these games and played Rocco Berry. And he was scoring solidly. And then when I decided to move Panasini into the starting side, he scored a seven for me, for example. I just got a little bit unlucky with those selections as well. So he, him as a general selection, I was happy with. Uh, Jack Bird, again, just another one of those mid-rangers. So I probably would have been smarter just pick one of Aiken or Bird. Uh, Aiken would have been the better one, but even just picking one of them so I could spend a little bit more money elsewhere, get guys like Jeremiah Nanai in. And I also changed and didn't spend the money on Tungo. So Tungo over, uh, over Rocco Berry would have been the play. Um, in that first one. Obviously, it would have saved me a trade and got me a decent score in that first round. So thankfully, started with Crichton, but missed out on Isaac Tongo in that one. Uh, Leo Thompson starting with him was solid. I ended up trading him out in round two, I think, which we'll see in a second, which ended up being a pretty poor decision. And none of the teams started with Josh King. So just we just missed out on him and went for uh, went a different direction, unfortunately, there. But overall, the team wasn't ridiculously bad or anything. We just didn't have any real standouts. Damian Cook... Um, instead, or oh, sorry, Reed instead of Damien Cook. That first round, for example, had Dylan Rang at 31, had Remarty at 36 as two shockers. We started with Ilias, for example, Panasini with the 32, I had Walters with a 55, and King with a 57 on that bench. So that didn't start great for me um, with that first round. And that led to me not having a ridiculous rank, like 1800 or something like that, which we'll show it in a sec. Here we go. Our first one was 5500, sorry, uh, and then improved from there. So if you just look at our overall rank history, just based on that initial team, it obviously just wasn't as good as the head-to-head side. And I did say this, I really like the look of the head-to-head team and probably, I think I actually said that aloud to on the videos that I should have uh, used that as my main team. But I, yeah, I got excited and, and wanted to get my little pods with Dylan Brown and, and these types of guys. So again, something to learn from next year. But round three, we got down to 1900. Round, end of round four, we were 1188. And that was the lowest round we ended up at, uh, lowest rank we ended up at, unfortunately. So it only got worse from there. And, and through round nine and 10, we're sitting at 4,200, which was not great at all. And then after that dip, had a big improvement into round 13, getting to uh, back to 1700. And then, you know, up and down again and got our best rank in round 20, our second best rank for the year at 1,200. So a good improvement over that time. But again, we just didn't start well enough. It had a big dip through the middle of the year, which kind of cost us a great spot. But shows that it can be very difficult to where you end up after the first three to five rounds is most likely where you're going to end up throughout the rest of the season with ups and downs along the way, just with the way your team set up, the team value you're building, the trades that you're using, the amount of them, it all plays a big part in, in showing where you're gonna end up. So again, it's gonna be very interesting to see where the, uh, when we go through the people score with Scoop this afternoon, or whenever I post this, um, to, to show that the show the rankings for the people squad and, and the decisions that you make at certain points that will either elevate you, which happened with my head-to-head team. I had good captaincy options, as, uh, for example, and you know, trade in the right players early on and then had some players that didn't trade in, uh, so trade in that weren't as good for, for the squad that just dropped the ranking a little bit uh, throughout the rest of the season. But that is kind of the up and down trend of my squad and shows that we're never in a real great position to do well. You can see here just at the back end, I, I did leave a lot of trades to the to the second half, which was solid and didn't trade heavily through the through the beginning. Whereas this is a probably a situation where I should probably should have traded a little bit heavier throughout the beginning of the season 
to then have a better setup towards the later end, the back end of the of the rounds there. But anyway, let's go through some of the trade history as to you know some of the mistakes we made. And you can see here just on the left hand side there um, what my squad looked like at the end of round twenty four, and that is traded Cook in for uh, Mister Sean Lane at the in that last round there. So. All right, trade history. So Stefano out was a tick. Getting in Nanai and Tango was great, but trading out Leo Thompson at 230 or 240, just a mistake. Like, just too cheap. Just don't trade that guy out. Give him a chance to get some minutes. I know the first round he got piss all minutes. Um, and then from there, he was scoring like 30 on. You could kind of play him week to week for a little bit there. Uh, and just unfortunately for, for me, I decided to trade him out. Instead of guys like Rocco Berry, I think, you know, my theory was that I think Rocco was a bit more of cover, where I had mid-cover in Maxi King. So, again, just a mistake. You, you know, there's, I was bringing in a... So that was wing fullback cover, I should say, for Berry. Uh, but I suppose the biggest thing early on in the, in the year, if you don't have cover, you can make that trade to get cover. And I just valued that way more than I did uh, making the correct decision because I would have traded Rocco uh, just at the price rather than Leo at, at you know, 100k cheaper. I could have used that 100k the next week or the week after or something to make a better decision. So first mistake, Nanai and Tango, good trades, completely fine with that. All right, so that was round two. I had a week off then for trades, which was cool. It ended up improving my ranks. I said we got yeah, happy with where I was at after round two and then made a big jump round three. Awesome, worked out well. Round four. Jack Bird comes. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Out, Ethan Bullymore comes out. So Bully uh, out being great. Starling was good one, and Jones was solid as well. So both end up being solid ones, but Jack Bird, borderline keeper for two guys. That one's a potential keeper, and one was going to make some cash. So that worked out okay. What I didn't like, the trade in here, Kobe Hetherington. Obviously, it ended up being a mistake, but the theory there was good. You saw when he got big minutes a couple of games this year that he got 60 and 70 points. So he has it in him. They just weren't giving him any minutes at all, which was really strange. Um, and his work ethic and PPM wasn't as high. I don't think he played as well this year as he did the year before in the time that he was uh, that he got, basically. And, and he still hasn't kicked on this year. You know, guys like Carrigan have really kicked on. Where Hetherington had big wraps on him the year before came into this year and didn't perform. But Reed out uh, and Rocco out were correct decisions. Funnily enough, Reed after that, decided from like round six, seven or somewhere there onwards until about 13, just before I decided to pick him up again, went on a bit of a 55 average tear. Of course he did. Um, so holding on to him would have ended up working okay, but the way he was scoring in 30s and 40s, bleh, had to get rid of him. Taylor May, good trading. 
Dry Arrow trading him straight for Nathan Cleary was a win. So I obviously saved up a bit of cash from the Kobe the read to Kobe Hetherington in anticipation that Cleary was going to come back. So I think he came back in what, round four, round five? So left him for a week or two, jumped on Cleary at the exact correct time. I think got a 90 as captain the week that I brought him in. So that was a good trade there. Borderline keeper for a, the best player in the game. Easy. So round eight, trade in Kobe in round five, trade him out in eight, and Jeremiah Nanai in round eight. This one was my worst, I think very close to my worst trade in of the year. I was jumping on the fact that he had three fairly easy games coming up, and these ended up being three games that the Sharks didn't play so well. They got pumped in one of them. Um, he didn't get a lot of ball in one of them, and then the third, second or third one, he had a try disallowed over the line, so he only averaged like 30-odd for me, only gained a little bit in price, and then he started to lose, which meant I had to get rid of him in round 12, which I didn't like to do. Uh, so that trade him wasn't great. Collar was fine. Jeremiah Nana, you could have ended up holding as well, so just another one where I was... Jump the gun, you know, Kobe Hetherington out for Cola would have been completely fine. Just making that one trade, leaving Nanai, uh, he ended up performing better than Talakai over that time. So that was a mistake and is one that, again, I spoke about at the time. It was like, you could see that it was a clear cash grab. And, and for me, if he scored like he was, then he would, have do, he would have done exactly the job that I was looking for him to do. But that was of, you know, in me thinking and him having to make sure that he hit a 50-plus average. I think I was looking for a 50 average over that three games, and I thought that would be fair. They could get a 70 or 80 in one game. There might be one he gets 30-odd, and then a 50 in the other over that three- to four-week period, and that just didn't happen. He got 30, 40, 28 or something. Might have got 27 the first game I picked him up, for example. So, yeah, when we always speak about don't do cash grabs, it's more the fact that don't chase the points, and... If he was playing against harder teams in that three weeks, I wouldn't have picked him up. It was because he had three easy matchups and he was on absolute tear that he could potentially do it, hopefully, for another three weeks. It just didn't happen that way, unfortunately. Which is how it goes sometimes. You take that risk and it didn't work out. Round nine, Curdy Mann and Brody Jones. So Brody lost his spot. Curdy Mann was, yeah, we'll start to work out if he was going to be worth it or not. Ruben Cotter in was great. Obviously, a bunch, a few weeks until they got injured. Uh, Ruben Cotter was good, and Adam Elliott. So Adam Elliott be, ended up being a terrific trade in for our squad, one of the great ones, and then started scoring poorly right at the end of the season, about that round twenty twenty one. So that was okay. We got plenty of good work out of him. He ended up going from like what four hundred k or something. If we look at round nine, just Adam Elliott. So this would have been after a price jump to uh, round nine fight. I know that's what he is now. It's not going to tell me what he was then. I think we got him in at, what, 400K or something like that? Um, and he got all the way up to a 700K mark. So really, really good, obviously. With him, perhaps when he got injured for Jason Tamalolo. So this is not the next mistake I made. Uh, just so he didn't score well enough, basically. So there was a bunch of other guys we could have got at that time uh, that would have worked out. And again, you're looking at this time period here. This is where I started to go... Things uh, things were going south, so I was like, if I can get a, a cheaper a cheaper gun that could potentially do well, I could rock it back up. And I did obviously improve. Um, Tamalolo had the odd good game in there. I think he had a couple of shock. Obviously, I traded him and he went twenty. Then he got injured and got eight, and then had a week or two off, and then got a seventy of something, a sixty and a seventy the first two games back. So I was really happy. But then after that, obviously pretty poor as well. Chris Randall trade out and Schneider both you know, good trade outs at that point. They both gained plenty of cash. So Nat Butcher and Cam McKinnis bring in two guns uh, was was terrific. So that worked out well. Nat Butcher obviously didn't exactly, and we ended up trading him out a little bit later. 
Ken McInnes worked out pretty well overall, to be honest with you. And then round 12, we traded out Talakai and Kelman Tuolangi, who was uh, burning cash on the bench for Tohu Harris and Jacob Kras. They were the solid trade-ins at that time and worked out okay. Ruben Cotter does his hammy here, um, I believe. No. Oh, no, we traded him out because he was going to miss a bunch of games over the origin period. That was that was right. And we thought he, after he, got, he was going to get big minutes, then yeah, we worked out he was going to get big minutes in... in in origin, where he'd already played one game of big minutes, and I was like, yeah, he's going to continue doing that. Uh, so that was the reason for trading him out. Stephen Crichton, we could have held on, but decided against it. Uh, and the trades we made in were Crichton, Manu, and Savage, and all three great on paper. Completely fine with those trades. Tom Starling, out for Reed. This is... <laughs> oh. Again, just spend the money on Damian Cook. Reed was then obviously going to play in round 17. This is why I did it. I spoke about it with the other trade-ins uh, trade in, in their head-to-head, but just pick up the best player in the game. And obviously, Reed was a bit less expensive at that point, but just wait, spend your money on the guns. And I obviously got Isaiah Papali'i late as well, so I, Isaiah would have been better in round 14. Tom Starling was dropping, so we did need to get a hooker at that time. Reese Robson would have been the better play as well than Reed. So Robson, uh, which a lot of the top teams went for, would have been much better than Reedy, uh, or just spending up on Cook. Payne has traded out for, for Isaiah Papali. He was great. Payne trading him out was a little bit late. and ended up bringing him back in later anyway. So a um, little bit late. Probably that round 13 would have been ideal. But again, we didn't know when he's one of the better players in the game. It's probably, you know, we've, I felt like it was smarter to hold one of those guys. But once he got that injury, he just wasn't the same for the rest of the year. He wasn't as damaging. And unfortunately, that did not work out. Trading out Tungo at that point for Ezra Mam worked out pretty well. Ezra scored great and gained plenty of cash. And he was pretty cheap at that time. 16, Nat Butcher with his issue. Trading at Ewan Aiken probably should have been a hold. So if we went Nat Butcher for Matt Burton, which I don't know if I could have, but I'd say it'd be pretty close. Aiken to Hughes would have been a similar type of uh, effort. So Butcher to Burton, Lockie Ilias to Palacia would have been completely fine. Just you know, avoiding going Aiken to Hughes when Aiken scored pretty well as good or, or better then Husey did not work out for me and my squad. Obviously, Dylan Brown stayed for the majority of the year, so I didn't need to trade. Um, and Cleary was in the team then at that time. So I had Dill Brown, Cleary, and then I had Heinze that could cover, and obviously Ilias until this point. So yeah, those two guys would have been a better option to trade out and leave that extra one in the bank. 17, Maxi King out, Karaz out for Hosking, getting that good score or two. Uh, which ended up playing him in the last round, which worked out well. And then Pole, he ended up doing a solid job. Also, with Karaz making plenty of cash and King doing great also. That left me plenty of cash in the bank for round 18 when I traded that Panasini and Taylor May for Damien Cook and James Tedesco. So I finally made the correct decisions. Woohoo! Round 18, we got there. Round 19, Dillbags, Browns. This worked out terribly when Mitch Moses went down. Brown ended up scoring super well. So just, again, unlucky with that one. But bringing in Latrell Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell had a bunch of really good games, and Dewey was obviously a correct decision to bring him in. Last four trade, uh, five trades, we ended up Nathan Cleary out when he, got in, uh, when he went down. Suspended, and Angus Crichton out. That was uh, ended up being a poor decision. Crichton for Haas did not work out. Cleary for Munster worked out great. So I didn't need to make that trade there. Uh, Crichton to Munster has it to Haas. Silly, hold it. Again, could have used these earlier on in the year rather than wasting them now on that type of trade, which was very sideways, and Crichton scored a lot more. <laughs> and then finish it off, Jerome Hughes and Xavier Savage for Ruben Cotter and Jamin Salmon. So if I went for Isaiah Yo, would have been better. Uh, or 
Harry Grout, something like that would have been a better one uh, than Ruben. I thought he'd come back and play some big minutes, and he did not. So definitely plenty of learning out of this one, guys. Uh, selections could have been made differently as you kind of went through there. I hope that's really helped you guys out with setting up for your team next year. And so you can avoid, obviously, starting so low. It's 5,500, uh, 5, sorry. You could start a little bit higher where the um, head-to-head team did about that, just under uh, yeah, just under 2,000. And then you can really push forward and make the correct trades over that first few weeks to get the right players and get yourself into the top 1,000 and then give yourself, give yourself a shot at winning overall glory and then head-to-head glory as well. So that's my team, guys. Wasn't my best year by far. I think it's the lowest I've got in a long time. The last two years haven't been very good, to be honest with, honest with you, since I've been uh, focusing on making a lot of content. So that, that's interesting, isn't it? The two years that I've been... Eventually, like that, I'm obviously spending a lot of my time on Unreal Fantasy, so you think I should be uh, doing really well on that sense. But I am obviously focusing a lot of my time on, um, on helping you guys out, which is great. This is what I'm here for. It doesn't matter too much how I go, as long as I feel like I'm personally I'm giving the correct advice. And you know, obviously a lot of people that are letting me know that, that I've been helped them out so much. So I, that's all I really appreciate. Um, and that's all I care about mainly. It's obviously great to go well yourself. Um, and I definitely think I will do better than this by far next year, but that's completely okay. As I said, the most important thing is spending that time to to help, teach, learn, and make this game better. If we can have 10,000 or 15,000, 20,000 players that are really, really good, it's going to make it very, very interesting. The conversation is going to be a lot better. There's going to be a lot more people that know what they're talking about, and the game uh, is going to be much better off uh, for it, that's for sure. And I will say I definitely would... <laughs> would pretty much get to Thursday morning and then start to look at my teams as potential, like literally just to do the videos, I would look at my teams to do the trades and kind of work it out on the spot rather than spending the three days kind of thinking about it. Like it'd only be in the back of my mind a little bit. So uh, hopefully next year, a little bit better for my team. Uh, just for you build up a little bit more of that credibility would be great. But there you go, guys. That is my team. I hope you enjoyed that video and we'll catch you in the next one. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 